It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Masterplan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It is, as always, a pleasure to have you listening. Let me introduce you to today's special guest. Hilary Fletcher, until very recently, was co-owner of Echo Shoes Oxford. Echo Oxford has been a bricks and clicks e-commerce business selling the Echo Shoes range since 2002. Originally selling from one store in Oxford and online via their own website, having dabbled in Amazon and eBay. Hilary and her business partner and husband, Harry, have recently sold Echo Oxford to the overall Echo partner company and are currently consulting to take the e-commerce side of Echo from a single store to a true omni-channel business with 42 stores nationwide. Hi, Hilary. I've just given our listeners a very quick overview of you and your business and where you are now. So how did you get started in e-commerce? All right. Good morning, Chloe. Um, I guess really we were early adopters. It was around um, 2000 and we had just reopened the shop having had a shop fit. And one of the uh, marketeers for the brand said, have we got an email address? Leading, getting an email address led to a domain. Getting a domain meant going to e-commerce. And our first platform was actually through a um, shopping mall run by Oxford News Quest, which is the news and media group. Wow. So, uh, an interesting story for a start. Yeah. Um, uh, we then obviously moved from malls into different e-commerce platforms, but I believe you're going to cover a bit more about that later. Yeah, we will. So, so you really, you started off as a traditional shopkeeper and ended up by, you know, kind of almost a process of osmotion, osmo- getting into the whole e-commerce piece. Yes, absolutely. I mean, certainly we'd been retailing, we, we have retailed for 26 um, years and when the opportunity of e-commerce came up, and I'm not even convinced it was called e-commerce then, um, we decided that it was an opportunity that should be evaluated. Having said that, being the, the first people in the UK to sell Echo Shoes online, uh, other than Zappos, I think, who, who at the time were American brand and, and sold, in the, sold in the UK as well, we've obviously seen evolution of a massive industry. Um, and with it, we've had, the, because of being early adopters, we've, been, we've probably felt slightly snowplowish, pushing our way through what, a, what the brand, the company brand, thinks of e-commerce. It was one of those things they felt would probably disappear if they left it long enough. <laughs> um, and um, we then obviously uh, kept going with, with what we've done. So we were the first Echo franchise. We were the first um, online we understood about protecting that space and it's really been in the last six, five or six years that we've had the most competition online. Yeah, it's really, it's amazing how this, this e-commerce space has changed over actually what's quite a short kind of 10, 15 year period from being, you know, something which, which we didn't really even have a name for to something yeah. where the competition is starting to evolve. And it's, it's really still a, I think it's really still an industry in its infancy. Um, so, 
given the recent sale and the change of the situation for you and everything is incredibly recent, what we're going to do, and it's just listeners so you know what we're up to here, is Hillary's going to talk about Echo from the perspective of before the sale happened. Otherwise, we'll be uh, we'll be going into all kinds of random areas. So we want to we, we thought we'd, we'd roll back a couple of months so we can really learn those great e-commerce insights from from Hillary with her great experience. So, Hillary, tell us a little bit about the Echo Oxford e-commerce business. Okay, so um, Echo, as you may or may not know, is a Danish um, shoe brand. Uh, they are manufacturers and they uh, manufacture throughout the world. They also have global presence um, throughout the world with their stores and also uh, not necessarily Echo-owned e-commerce businesses. Um, the product um, has been around for over 40 years in the UK and is very much based on um, comfortable, casual with styling. So there's a lot of Scandinavian influences, but they have decided to go into much more formal type product. They're also very, very strong in the golf shoe market. And you're UK-based selling to which countries? Uh, we uh, 99% of our sales are in the UK. We, we do sell to Europe. Uh, we don't sell beyond that. Okay. And uh, you're currently on a bespoke platform, would that be right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, we've had um, pains and gains, if you like, with um, different web developments. I think we probably, as early adopters, went through several of the e-commerce individuals that probably didn't know very much about e-commerce when they thought it would be a good thing to write programs. Um, and the other platforms out there were not particularly designed for bricks and clicks. And I think this, um, from a business point of view, we've always wanted to have shared stock um, and shared systems and therefore have always wanted bricks and clicks. And certainly over several years, sort of seven to five years ago, uh, when we were looking for e-commerce packages, they were either just totally e-commerce or uh, and there was nothing that we could have that without a lot of money we could adapt to do to do bricks and clicks um, and shared stock. So having had um, some trials and tribulations, which I'm not going to cover, um, we went for um, software written on an open source package, which since then we've taken away from it and converted into um, a bespoke package for us. It is so critical to get that link between the physical store and the online store right for both from the customer perspective and with the, you know, back office operations, isn't it? Yeah. And I think um, that's one of, obviously, one of my biggest learns is that, you know, since we, even in the last five years, since we've been bricks and clicks with our own little niche within Oxford, we've been omnichannel. And because we've developed it omnichannel for one store, then actually the move to where we go next, as in what our knowledge base is for bricks and clicks across many stores, we've already gone through the pains. Um, and, and I think that that's actually been one of my greatest wins that I can take forward into to my future role. Um, because five years ago, people weren't really integrating the two very well. And now the need from the customer point of view is to integrate it seamlessly. And I think the sort of, you know, the terminology, you know, customer single view is what 
everybody in e-commerce should be adapting, uh, sorry, adopting um, and adapting themselves to deliver that. The customer doesn't care where they bought from, you know, as in physical or online or via a paper catalog. They just care that they get the product that they want in the service manner that they want. And the backup service as well, I feel, is incredibly important. Um, I think you're right. It, it's, um, it, you know, when you're saying, is it adoption or is it adaption? And, and I think a, a lot of the times in the, in the industry we talk about, we need to adopt this omni-channel single customer view. But actually, I think um, adaption's a better word for it because adoption sounds like, you know, you click your fingers and it's there. Whereas actually the work it takes, because it's not just about the tech, it's not just about the systems and the processes, it's about the people and the HR and every aspect of your business. Yeah. So I, so I, quite, I think maybe we should, maybe we should uh, you know, make a play for making adaption the word rather than adoption. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I, I, yeah, maybe, maybe a slip up of my tongue just then is actually the word, the words that you're talking about. You know, from even typical retail, you're talking about, you know, if you start getting returns in store, store managers are going to get upset, KPIs are going to be all over the place. Well, hey, change the KPIs that you collect. <laughs> um, you know, and I think if you if you adapt to what the customer wants and adopt the policies of look at your KPIs according to actually the business model that the customer deserves, then actually it's a better way than actually just making everything very, very complicated for businesses. Yeah, it it doesn't need to be too complex, does it? There's always ways yeah. of making it easy to do. So within yeah. your website, etc., if you've got any kind of key widgets, plugins that you're using, like searchandising, reviews, email software... Um, we, we don't, I mean, merchandising and, and um, external reviews um, like Trustpilot or FIFA or whatever are certainly on my radar. Um, and and merchandising, again, I've been looking at um, a couple of different options, which I can tell you the ones I've been looking at if you're interested. Well, um, it's good to share names because I know okay. the listeners are scribbling out there. Okay, so I'm looking at Attract, which has a QT at the end, and I'm looking at SLI Systems. Um, for the for the search and dizing. Um, with reviews, I'm looking at FIFO and I'm looking at, oh, I said it earlier. You said Trustpilot uh, earlier. Trustpilot. <laughs> Trustpilot's the one. Um, but I mean, my, my key widget, if you like, is what we've built internally, which is the APIs that take the data from our order management system into a separate CRM system, which does our automated marketing. And what, which system is that you're using? So we, we're using Infusionsoft. We um, probably will move away from it in the next year, though I'm not not completely convinced of who we'll move to at this minute. Um, again, it's somewhere where the growth industry for um, a, a proper CRM system that absolutely communicates to segmented customer databases is what we're after. And we're already beginning to see the power of the data that we've collected over. We've been collecting data for 25 years. It did start off with an Excel spreadsheet. It moved on to Access. It then moved on to MailChimp and is now in Infusionsoft. Um, so we have, a, we have a lot of data. We have buying data for our customers back to 2005. Wow, that's priceless, isn't it, to have that it, information? It, it, it is priceless. And we have customers who've, who've bought from us two or three times a year, every year since two or 
2005. You might be able to count them in under 50, but um, but they're still valu- very valuable customers. Uh, the fact you can count them puts you, you know, ahead of many e-commerce businesses out there. And I also think it's quite interesting what you're saying about the CRM system and that your your your, your gut feel is you're going to be moving away from the Infusionsoft platform. And I think that's that's something I'm hearing a lot of as I speak to e-commerce business people is that the CRM space is almost the one where the biggest changes are happening. And the way the marketplace looks today, it's going to look totally different in six months time because all the big players are massively raising their game almost month on month with what they've got yeah. planned. So it's it's certainly an area I would, I'd agree, you know, it's worth reviewing that even though there's a massive workload and complexity in migrating, you've got to make sure you're on that right platform. Okay, yeah. I think we've yeah. probably covered enough about about kind of the stats and the figures and the facts behind the business. So what do you think is the most awesome thing about your business right now? Um, right now, the bit having sold it and now being in um, a space where I am a consultant, which is a, which at the moment, I'm working towards having time to focus on what opportunities there are that I've learned with a single brick and click that can be moved to um, uh, e- one e-commerce business that services all the customers in the UK connected with 42 stores. Um, so nice that, that, it, it's a great big, it's, it's an opportunity. Uh, I've also learned an awful lot of stuff from developing our own platform and our own platform as much as we try and work it very much that the consumer because it's the front end and the administration that we've had written bespoke it it although we we do lots and lots of customer communication with it and look at how it talks to the customer we also have made it as simple stupid in the back end as we possibly can so that it's it so that it actually workflows and I'm very much looking forward when we move, and I believe that we're moving to Microsoft DAX, that some of the stuff that I've learned about how pickers and packers, customer service, et cetera, use a back end of a website can be put into a very, very much bigger, more robust platform. So those are, those are big opportunities and, and really probably what I've been working for for the last five years. Yeah, it's the the change in status means that, you know, if your role means you can actually go, right, I don't need to worry so much about the day to day. I can look at this big opportunity. What's the Mm. right way to take us out to those 42 stores to take us and combine the whole of the UK onto that one e-commerce platform? Yeah, I think it's going to be a fascinating journey. Yeah. And also there with um, bigger budgets, bigger ideals. Um, I mean, for the first 15 years of e-commerce, I wanted to dominate <laughs> the domination uh, in the UK. I wanted to dominate. I wanted to be the best at selling. We wanted to have a knowledge-based website where people could come, look, build trust, etc. And that, you know, for that, I was building a center of excellence in e-commerce. I'm now able to support the ongoing team with how do we take that centre of excellence to actually be the whole of the UK. And actually saying that bit about the team, what I forgot to, to say earlier is I always try and ask a couple of questions so as the, the listeners can uh, get to grips with how many, well, you know, what size of business you're operating. So what's the size of your team at the moment? 
So the um, the total team is, which includes the shop, is about fifteen. Um, not all full time equivalents. Probably about twelve FTEs. It's fluctuating up and down a bit at the moment. Um, of that, um, we had a we have a part time in house web developer. Uh, we outsource um, IT support. We outsource things like photography for our brochures. We outsource design, printing. We outsource um, digital marketing. So, cool. So you really focused yeah. in on the customer and the um, and the product with your team. And what sort of are you able to share with us? Kind of a rough turnover number. Uh, do you want this for e-commerce or for both? Um, both would be good actually. If okay. you're happy to share. Um, so the turnover is um, towards 1.5 million, of which 65% is, is e-commerce. Excellent. Thank you. It just really helps people just to get in their heads what sort of size business we're talking about here, which, yeah. um, which is always useful. So given that, um, that you've just gone through this sale process, do you have any tips or recommendations and advice for the listeners who are because you know, I, I imagine most of them are out there, you know, we've got this e-commerce business, there's got to be some way out at the end, you know, so we can go and retire or travel the world or something. What's What would your tips to them be if they're thinking about going down that route? Um, my thoughts would be, uh, don't be shocked by lawyers' fees. <laughs> um, the average sale takes 13 months, so don't be impatient. Wow. Um, Find a professional to help with your IM, which is in your information memorandum, which is required by your perspectives. And think of the rules that you do for selling a product. Pitch to what they might want to hear as to why they might want to buy it rather than why you want to sell it. That's such a good piece of advice. It that kind of comes down to that whole bit of, well, I've been nurturing it for X number of years and this is what's great about it. But it's actually mm. someone else is looking for an opportunity and something you haven't done and, and all that mm. kind of thing. Cool. Those are really yeah. great nuggets. Thank you. And my my pitch when we sold it, obviously, we, we sold it back to the brand. We were franchisees. We had to go to them first. They were difficult buyers, if I'm honest. Um, bearing in mind they knew the product, they were they were looking at what what they were buying as in the business the business model and expertise and my pitch was all about we cannot we as echo oxford with one single store and e-commerce cannot be offering what the customer is now asking for which is omni-channel but we have the knowledge and resources to assist you to take you to that level if that's where you want to go yeah you would you would think that would be the easy sale selling it back to the parent company but actually it's not it's not ne- no. ne- never assume I suppose is what we're saying is it <laughs> we also had three days of due diligence so oh. just be prepared that buyers um you know buyers want information they're absolutely looking at you know are you worth what you say you want for your business so yeah. there we go hope those are good bits of advice <laughs> definitely <laughs> they, they certainly are I think um so what's on your radar and to-do list right now um, I think survive the next uh, few months of transition. Um, the shop is being um, the the shop is now under a retail operations manager and is being run like other Echo stores in the UK. The e-commerce business has now got um, 
We've got an, a consultant e-commerce manager in uh, who, is a, who is working part-time together with me to learn what we've got and to support the quick wins for the, the parent company, but also assisting with the long-term strategy of movement to a bigger platform that also services stores, so the Microsoft Dynamics AX which I refer to as DAX. Um, and I think that, you know, th those are my sort of immediate things. Uh, I, as business owner, previous business owner, I still have uh, nurturing of the team as they feel wobbly. We've had a few resignations, so it's important to make sure that you're uh, recruiting the right type of people to fit with no longer a family-owned business. Um, and it, it's really just um, support and making sure that things actually don't fall down in the interim bit. Um, I'm a bit of a um, monitoring freak and I've got a document called Monitoring Change that is shared with sales floor team and e-commerce team and at manager level and also the people at higher up in, in offices, um, very much so that actually we say it's not changed unless it's on this document. And I think that kind of um, approach is, is very important because otherwise everybody thinks everything's changed. <laughs> yeah. What, what sort of, because um, I know people are thinking that's a genius idea. Um, what sort of uh, things go on that? Is it, you know, like high level, like product hasn't changed team contracts haven't changed or is it kind of values and how, uh, no, how nitty gritty are you getting? It, it? It's absolutely basic stuff. Payroll was sent to X, now sent to Y. Payroll date was this month now, you know, was this date. So it's payroll. It's about uniform. It's about um, suppliers. It's about, it's the real nitty gritty stuff. Um, you know, we've had two We've had two months of trying to change the PDQ and the bank in the store. And the PDQ and the bank in the store has changed that it's now owned by the parent company. But all the SagePay and payments by Amazon, which we take for e-commerce, are still going into my bank account. So, or sorry, the previous business bank account. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, well done. <laughs> that would have been a real win. So it's that kind of that kind of nitty gritty. Is actually, if it's not on that document, it hasn't changed. Because otherwise, we were finding people were changing, doing the way they'd always done stuff, and we'd say why, and they'd say because I can, and we're saying no, I'm sorry. Please keep some things as normal. Yeah, we we don't have to change everything yet. Nope. <laughs> I think listening to it, what's quite interesting is um is your your answer to that kind of what's on your to do list at the moment. It it sounds very much like someone who's just bought a company, and is working out how to take it forward. It's quite interesting because it's it's all about managing the change, reassuring the team, bringing people on, reassessing everything, how we take it to the next level. And it's I think that that's quite um. I think you're, you're, uh, you've done incredibly well to be enlightened to have got your head from the I'm trying to sell it, I'm trying to sell it, I'm trying to sell it mode, very quickly turned around into that, right, new world order. How do we take it to the next level? How do we deliver on what my now uh, employer from the consulting perspective wants us to achieve? And I think that's that's something which I know you haven't explicitly mentioned it, but I think everyone can learn a lot from, which is if you're going through that sale process and generally if someone's sold their business, they've got to stick around for a while, mm. some kind of earn out. 
is you've got to leave the old world behind and you've got to move into that that new that new brain pattern that new way mm. of working um so yeah. thank you for sharing that that's that's really enlightening yeah. um, there is there is, just to sort of perhaps bolt that out a bit there is a bit of um i do have a bit of issue of letting go um by looking at monitoring change and things, it is allowing things to let go. And there also has to be a stage where I say that's no longer my decision, but only when the right person is in place and they're obviously taking the decisions. So, you know, I've now I've got an extended handover now with this e-commerce manager who's come in who has got a lot of experience and in fact has worked with yourself, Chloe, which yep. is lovely to hear. When we sit together, there's a massive synergy. I'm I'm very happy with it. Event you know, at the moment I'm leading him, there were, it won't be too many weeks before he is leading me. And that's the, that's the good feel that's there. Um and and I'm and I'm losing protectiveness about it all. Some things really just not are not my problem anymore, and that's a really good feeling. Yeah, it's it's um, it's it's also interesting listening to you talk about it. Is that so much of what you're talking about isn't about the tech? It's not about the end goal. It's about trusting and believing in the people you've got around you and the team you've got around you. Yeah, yeah, and. You know, that's so important for any business. It's so much easier when you're working with great people who you know can do the job. Um, but anyway, I'd like us, because time is getting on now. Yeah, I know. So sorry. So, no, no, it's brilliant. You're giving, you're giving fantastic <laughs> advice to, to our listeners. So I want to move on to the top tips round now. And I love yeah. this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our business to the next level. Hilary, are you ready for the quick fire top tips? Yeah, I love these ones. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. Uh, so first up, your book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, what book would you recommend? Tony Heisch, Delivering Happiness. And it's a book about the history of Zappos, which is an American company now part owned by Amazon that sells shoes. Okay, Synergy and Shoes. Um, it doesn't matter. It's about actually delivering customer expectation. It's customer centric. I can't even remember when it was written, but not in the la before the last five years. And he writes it. I've also heard people speak who work for Zappos or Zappos, some people call it. Um, and they are all evangelists, if you like that word, but they all live, breathe, speak the brand and the brand identities. That's a brilliant recommendation. Um, so absolutely must have. Yeah. Must have. I think if, uh, if anyone out there hasn't ever gone and taken a look at the Zappos you know, business model, what they do, their site is well worth a look around to see how they're doing these things and how they're looking after the customers. Okay, next up, Hilary, your traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Um, I think congruency and consistency over everything you do. And I know talking to business meetings when I've been to DCA, Direct Commerce Association and things, people are, people have paper marketing teams, shops that do them something else, e-commerce teams that don't talk to each other. I've been in, a, in an area where we can do everything congruently. We can do the same thing online as we do in store. We can time paper mailings to be with e-mailings and the message is consistent and the customer wouldn't get confused if there aren't, weren't so many echo sites. But generally, 
um, that would be my, it's not publicized, but just be consistent with how you talk to your cons- customer. I think that's a, that is such a great way of just in- amplifying what you get from all those different marketing methods you're already doing. Yeah. So your tool top tip, this might be a team collaboration tool, social media plugin, timesheeting, phone app. Is there a cool little widget you use that makes you and your team more efficient day to day? Um, social media wise, Hootsuite. From project management, and we've had a lot of projects and we've now got a lot of team members working in different places. We use Teamwork PM, which is a management tool. Um, and we also use Evernote for all our training notes. Um, be lovely to have one thing that did both Teamwork PM and Evernote, but haven't quite found that niche yet. Do you know, I, I don't think it's possible to find one tool that can do both because I think you'd have to custom build it and then you'd miss out on all the little devs that come along yeah. because no one business's requirements are the same. Um, but yeah, I agree. It would be nice if you could log into one place and it was all there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So your startup top tip, if you met someone this weekend who is thinking of starting an e-commerce business, what would be your first tip for them? To define their customer. Um, and if it was product, could they trial it, trial the market on Amazon or eBay or both first? Um, I think anybody should be doing that now. It's interesting. I was chatting to, um, to a friend of mine who runs a Shopify website building agency the other day, and we were having exactly this discussion about how many times he has to say to people, just just go and take a stool in Camden Market and see if anyone likes your t-shirts. Please just do that first yeah. before you invest yeah. a thousand pounds or something in, in, you know, in building the website, just see if anyone likes it. And actually, yeah. you know, in the e-commerce, you know, it, you, you either you go and take a market stool or you go and you do the Amazon eBay piece because that's where the consumers are. Such yeah. a, good, a good piece of advice. Yeah, they're both marketplaces. Yeah, <laughs> Camden or Amazon doesn't matter. Uh, so, Most Plan World, you can find the top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about today by going to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash echo. I have one final top tips question for you, Hilary, and I know this one's your favourite. So, if your business didn't exist, which e-commerce business would you like to be running? So, long thought long thought long and hard on this one. Um, Something that Amazon can't compete on, something that isn't perishable, not high fashion. So I would like to run something like the Buckingham Palace shop, official shop. I the Highgrove one last night and typed in Highgrove mug and the first five landings with absolutely no pay-per-click said highgrove.com. That's such a strategic way of looking at it. Can I make sure I've got that right? So something <laughs> Amazon can't compete with, mm. so they don't have access to the product or the marketplace. Yeah. Not high fashion, because it, yeah. presumably the, the AOV is too high. Yeah. Um, and there was a third one you said. Not about. perishable. Not perishable. I.e. consumable food. Wasn't so, interested in food. What about uh, shortbread? Because it has to be shortbread in the... In the, in the um, in the Buckingham Palace shop, surely. Could, would you oh, allow I, the shortbread I, in? Okay, I, I think they do sell it. Um, short, shortbread could probably go in. They did sell foodstuffs, actually. So, yes, maybe you're right on the foodstuffs. But I was, I've just been thinking about, you know, 
all these ideas and you just go, oh, Amazon will reduce the price for me and not my margins and all the rest of it. And then the other big spend that you always have is Google AdWords in order to get your or one of the search engine AdWords to get your positioning high enough. And I just decided I'd type in high grove mug and see what happened. I, I think it's really, I think you're right on the perishable front because, uh, you know, a, a box of shortbread biscuits or fudge is quite different to, um, you know, fruit or veg or yeah. ready meals or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. Um, Hilary, what a fascinating chat. It's been a pleasure to spend time with you today discovering how you're driving your boutique bricks and clicks e-commerce business. Before we say goodbye, would you like to remind listeners where they can find you and your business on the web and social media? Absolutely, no problem. So it's Echo, which is E-C-C-O hyphen shoes.co.uk. Our social media is Facebook Echo UK, or one word. Twitter is at Echo underscore UK. Pinterest is Echo Shoes. Um, anything else? I, I think those ones will do. And I will put links to all of those and everything else we've talked today in the show notes. Masterplan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash echo, or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab, or use the search box. Hilary, thank you for being on Ecommerce Masterplan podcast today and for being so generous sharing your experience with us. Thank you. Catch you all next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Ecommerce Masterplan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.